Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello from Romania. I hope you are doing well today. We are busy about our daily work here in Romania and enjoying very nice weather. Spring is such a beautiful time here in the mountains of Romania. Last week, we looked at our first message from the book of Ephesians, seven spiritual blessings we have in Christ. Today, we will look at the second message from chapter one, Thanksgiving and prayer for the brethren. Let's first read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In this short passage, Paul gives thanks for and praise for the saints. That is, those that are children of God by faith in Christ. Next week, in verses 19 through 23, we will look at six things that God the Father gave the Lord Jesus Christ. So how did Paul pray for these brethren? Let's look at that. Number one, he gave thanks for them. In Ephesians 1.16, the Bible says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul was thankful for these brethren. Are you thankful for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you give thanks to God for them? I know that I do not give thanks for the people in my life often enough. We need to thank God for our brothers and sisters. Romans chapter 16, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So Paul was thankful for Priscilla and Aquila for their help in the ministry. We give thanks to God for food, clothes, our freedoms, good health, and so many other things. But do we give thanks for people, specifically the brethren, the saints? We often criticize or think bad negative thoughts or do not think about the brethren at all. That's really a shame. Let's now read Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." So I want to encourage us to thank God for our brothers and sisters every single day. 
This will greatly help our attitude one towards another. It will help the church grow and bring glory to God. Let's read one more passage about giving thanks. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So Paul was thankful for these brethren. Second today, he did not cease to give thanks for them and mention them in his prayers. Ephesians 1.16 says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. We look that we need to give thanks for the brethren, but we often forget or stop praying for our brothers and sisters. Paul did not cease. He did not stop making mention of them in his prayers. Paul, if he practiced what he wrote in his letters to the churches, prayed a lot. He prayed for all the churches and brethren he visited on his missionary journeys. He probably did not pray for each church every day, but he probably had some kind of system. Paul prayed night and day. 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. We need to make prayer for the churches and brethren a deliberate habit. We need a system. Write a list. Put people on a calendar. Whatever works for you, just do not cease to pray for the brethren. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. One of the things the early church in the book of Acts had was prayer. They prayed steadfastly. They did not cease to pray. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And now Romans chapter 15, verses 30 and 31. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. Paul tells the church at Rome to strive together with him in prayers towards God for him. Do you pray without ceasing and with zeal for the brethren? Epaphroditus labored fervently in prayers. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Epaphroditus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God.
Number three today, Paul prayed that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Ephesians 1.17 That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. One of the specific gifts of the Holy Spirit is wisdom and knowledge. While it is true God will give us all wisdom and knowledge, God has given some a gift of wisdom and knowledge. For example, some Christians have the gift of hospitalities, others teaching or preaching. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The wisdom of God has no end. Yes, we can gain much wisdom and knowledge from God and understand many of the great mysteries of God. But will we ever know all that God knows? Of course not. Our mind could not contain all the wisdom and knowledge of God. The Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 34. Of the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? That said, we need to pray for the brethren that they would be filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of a Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. It is important that we have the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world. The wisdom and knowledge of this world can lift us up with pride and strife. Let's read James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So let's pray that the brethren will be filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God. The fourth thing that Paul prayed for them was that once their eyes were opened with the wisdom and knowledge God gives them, he prayed they would know the hope of his calling and the riches of his inheritance. Ephesians 1.18 The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We talked about our inheritance last week, so we won't dwell on that today. However, what is the hope of our calling? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. One day, Jesus Christ, our Savior, will meet us in the clouds, and we will forever be with Him. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a lively hope and an inheritance waiting for us. Let's read about that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So Paul prayed that once their eyes were opened with the wisdom and knowledge of God, that they would have the hope of his calling. Fifth and last today, he prayed they would know the greatness of his power towards those that believe. Ephesians 1.19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? The power that raised Christ from the grave is inside every believer. Can you imagine such a thing? Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Christ can also strengthen us with his power and might now. He will give us his power to become more like him and serve him. Colossians chapter 1 verses 11 through 14. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 tells us, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And then Ephesians mentions it one more time in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So fifth today, he prayed they would know the greatness of his power towards those that believe. Paul loved and prayed for the brethren at the church at Ephesus. He was thankful for their faith and love. He did not cease to pray for them. He desired they would be filled with the wisdom and knowledge of God, that they would know the hope and riches they can find in Christ. And last, he desired they would have the power of God in their lives. Let's strive to be thankful for and pray for all our brothers and sisters in Christ. If we are praying for one another, 
we will have much more love and unity in the church. Next week, Lord willing, we will look at another message from the book of Ephesians. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you will be thankful for and pray for the brethren this week.